We're in a series called State of the Heart. How many is enjoying this series? They're helping you on worship and uh, we talked about what is worship in Sermon 1, and, and then last week we defined to you the seven ways that God said through the book of Psalms that he wants us to worship him, that he wants us to learn to worship him, and different ways that we do that, lifting our hands or, or clapping our hands or bowing or saying whatever. God just wants to see and experience our worship. And so today I want to take it in a little bit different area and get your notes out and get ready to write. If you're a guest, we have the notes and get ready and you can fill in the blank as we go along. But today I want to talk to you about turning your peril into praise. How many found out that worship can change your atmosphere? Yeah. Amen? Watch, here's a little example. Watch this little girl. Her worship just came on. See, just went from screaming, crying to just, okay, we're on right now, all right? And, and how many's found out that just a, a moment in the presence of God in worship can change your atmosphere, amen? And so I want to talk to you today on turning your peril into praise. The word peril means a state of danger, a time of crisis, a, a, a potential destruction, and a time of confusion. Anybody experience any of the above? And in that place where you, you just feel that there's potential danger around you, a time of crisis that you don't really know, how am I getting out of this potential destruction, like the outcome of this crisis I'm in could be very destructive, and, and I'm confused. I just don't understand why and what all's going on around me. And I want you to get your notes out, and let's go to the Scripture today in Matthew chapter 6, and read a Scripture, and it's going to tell us a few things about this. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. I mean, it's hard to even fathom a life without worry, isn't it? Amen. I mean, I grew up in a home where my mom had the genetic gene of worry. Okay, I mean, you just worry if there's nothing to worry about because there should be something to worry about. And if there's nothing to worry about, then something's wrong. Anybody else have any of that in your genetic lineage? Okay, and and, uh, but he's saying, therefore, I say to you, this is Jesus speaking, red writing in scripture, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly father he feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? We're having some tech. Okay, get your notes and let's roll. So it's happened both services today. We got some tech issue. All right? But, all right. Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubic to its stature? He's going, what good is worrying doing you? How many's found that out? Wasted energy, Right? So why do you worry about your clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. We're still having some trouble. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, just get your notes because I'm worrying, okay? 
Now, if God is so close the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after these things the Gentiles seek. He's saying they're, they're out there seeking all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of these things. How many is glad God knows the need before you have it? Amen. Amen. And here's what I want to talk to you about today. He throws in a three-letter word. Now, he's told us, don't worry. Don't worry about the perils of life. Don't worry about the worries of life. Don't, don't get caught up in worrying about these things and how they're going to happen. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things, what things? The things you were worrying about. Right. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things, what you're going to wear, what you're going to live in, your rent, your mortgage, your car payment, talking to anybody yet? Okay, your school bill. All these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day, it's its own trouble. And how many can go, yeah, to that one? I mean, trouble can come all by itself, can't it? And so he's telling us something powerful here. And I want to talk to you about this scripture today because the foundation of worship is always putting God first in everything. And we all know that, but unconsciously, we most oftentimes don't do that. God's the one we run to when what we did first doesn't work. That was worth coming to church for right there. And we hadn't even took an offering yet, okay? All right? You see, people have a preconceived mindset of what success is supposed to look like. An amazing career, perfect spouse, more money than I need, health, minus suffering, sickness, and pain. Put all that together and you got a perfect life. Well, I want to tell you things does not provide that perfect life. And we see that in a very prof uh, well-known professional basketball player right now that, that we're praying for and we're asking God's grace in his life, but worth $50 million net worth today and, and has the career, has a very successful wife, all of those things he has, but he winds up spending $75,000 for a week in a brothel and, and is found unconscious with drugs and things. And, and I say that in our prayer for him, but he had everything in life that people would call success. And yet it doesn't fill the void within mankind that can only be filled by the presence of God. And, and God's trying to tell us something. Don't, don't worry about these things. Don't let these things be what consumes your energy and your mind and your emotions. Put first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then all these things that you're so worried about. He said, I'm gonna take care of those for you. Amen. And so I want us to look at this today because happiness in most people is based on need. If I could just get a better job, I would be happy. If I could just make more money, I would be happy. If, if, if I could just get in that right relationship and get that right person to be that partner for life, I, I could be happy. Let me throw this in. If you're not happy alone, you'll never be happy with anybody else because no one else can make you happy. That was worth an offering right there, but we haven't got there yet. 
I just saved some of you some heartache. If I can just get that car, that dream car, I'll be happy. If I can just get in that house, I'll be happy. And our happiness is really based on need. I need this, and if I can get it, I'll be happy. If I could just get more stuff or things, I would be happy. And Jesus addresses this by declaring that happiness in life is not an issue of need, but rather an issue of divine order. And when things in mind in your life are in divine order, the blessings and favor of God come upon us unexpectedly. But when things are out of order, we spend our life pouring energy and trying to do God's job for him because our life is out of order. I knew it'd be quiet there, but I'll get you back in a minute, okay? When proper order is restored, God's blessing and favor is released upon us. The foundation of divine order is when Jesus is being worshiped as the Lord of mine and your life. And Jesus is trying to teach us today to understand that happiness in life is not found in satisfying a need, but rather in reestablishing a proper order of where he fits in our life today. And when we get that order in place, the blessings, the favor of God shines down upon us. And so I want to look at this today because you will never obtain and keep the things of life when the things are your focus. Now, you may get them, but you won't keep them. We will never obtain and keep the things of life when the things of life are our focus. But when I seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things now become a part of my journey in life. And they just come upon me. And so I want us to look at this today because many of the things that we're praying about and we're praying for are the byproducts of a divine order of God in our life. Things like love, joy, peace, patience, financial blessing, health, a good marriage, all of those things are byproducts that just naturally come to us when we're living in a proper order of life and God is where he belongs in our life. Then things just naturally take place in our life. We look at it in Adam and Eve. Look at them in the garden. They had it made. I mean, God comes down in the cool of the day and fellowships with them. No, no sin, no sickness, no nothing, just God and life. I mean, how good is that? But they had to go mess it up over things. And so from that day that Adam and Eve fell, from Genesis to Revelation, God's entire purpose of the Bible was to reestablish a divine order of putting God back to where he belongs in our life. And when divine order is reestablished and worship is set forth, then all of a sudden we begin to see the favor and the blessing of God back upon our life. And so I want us to look at this today because the ultimate final answer to all of man's problems is found still in the person of Jesus Christ. When Jesus is put first in mind in your life and divine order is reestablished, purpose will all of a sudden begin to take place in your life because you've connected back to that divine order. And when you're in that place where God's purpose is being fulfilled in your life and you're being that person God has called and saved you to be and you're walking out God's plan for your life, all of a sudden blessing and favor just shows up unexpected. 
And I want to take you on a journey today that's going to show you how to find and reestablish God's divine order in your life. How many wants to know how to do that today? How many wants to quit the worry and start walking in the blessing and the favor? Amen. Let's look at that today. So let's go back to that scripture, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. How do we reestablish the pattern of divine order? Number one is you must refocus your energy. You must refocus your energy. Matthew 6, says, but seek first the kingdom of God. God does not say not to seek other things that you love or you desire. God has no problem with you loving other things than him, desiring to do other things other than just go to church. Matter of fact, God does not want you in church every night because the world's not here. And how can you reach the world if you're here every day and every night? God doesn't want you in church your whole life. He wants you to come to church, get refilled and rechallenged, and then go out and impact the world. He doesn't mind you loving other things. I was in a deer stand for the last five days in Kentucky doing what I love to do and got one. Yes, I did, okay? And, uh, but doing what I love to do, God's okay with that, just don't put it first. And God's okay with you having other things in your life, but they can't take his place and be first. And so God desires for you to be blessed. He wants you to live an abundant life. He wants you to, uh, to have excess so that you can share and bless other people. Can I tell you this? God can bless you so much more than you can bless yourself. And when you move into the divine favor, and I've taught my children this, when you move into divine favor of God, the favor of God's more valuable than wealth. And when we come and understand, what God is saying is, look, you're putting all this energy in worrying about things that worrying is not improving your life. You're putting all of this energy in worrying, God's saying. Why, why are you worrying about the clothes you're going to wear? Why are you worrying about your body? Why are you worrying about the food that you're going to eat? Why are you putting all this energy in worrying about things when I can take care of that for you? And you've got to redirect your energy from worry to worship and get your attention off of peril and put it into praise. And when you do that, you're realigning yourself with divine order. That all of a sudden, I'm putting myself in position for the blessing and favor of God to come upon my life. My mentor, Burke Clendenin, he told me something one day. He was always one of the most positive men I ever met. And I said, how do you stay so positive all the time? And he said, my mentor taught me, don't worry about anything you can't do anything about. And can I tell you today, 95% of what you and I put our attention on and worry are things that we can't do anything about anyway. Come on, am I right about it? I mean, we're just consumed like, oh, that, that, that. And I spent all of this energy and there was nothing I could do about it anyway. And God's saying, I just want you to redirect your worry to worship. I just want you to redirect your peril to praise. I don't want you to realign yourself and get ready for blessing and favor. Can I tell you this? If you listen to social media, you will worry. I mean, we're all dead tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? And then if you Google stuff, you're dead. You just had a headache. Now you got a tumor. You know what I'm saying? And you're done. You know, I thought it was a stomach cramp, but it's got to be cancer. I mean, you know, I got all the symptoms. And what is it? Everything around us is teaching us to worry, isn't it? 
And we've got to come and understand today that Jesus is saying, I just want you to redirect. I want you to redirect your worry and I want you to direct it into worship. I want you to quit looking at that as a peril and start bringing it into a place of praise because all energy redirected into worship is an investment. You're investing in God's blessing in your life. When you redirect that energy and, and instead of going, dear God, I don't know how we're going to pay the bills today, you're waking up going, Father, I want to give you the first fruit of my day in praise and worship. I, I want to honor you today with my first fruit of praise, God. I, I want to bless you today. You're Jehovah Jireh, the provider of my family. I want to bless you today. You're the healer of our bodies. I want to, I want to honor you today, Lord. You're the protector of my family today. No weapon formed against us will prosper. I want to bless you today, God. And you start your day with an energy that's redirected into worship rather than worry. You're sitting at a red light and you're singing praises to God instead of going, oh, I don't know how we're gonna pay those bills. No, I'm blessing the one who's gonna help me pay those bills. Redirecting some energy. And God knows the greatest way for you to be happy and enjoy life is to have a close relationship with him. Psalms 37, 18 says, the blameless spend their days under the Lord's care. I'm just glad you're under the Lord's care today. The blameless spend their days under the Lord's care and their inheritance, the enemy can't take what's rightfully yours when you're in divine order. When you step out of that order, you give up the inheritance. But when I'm in that divine order, I have an inheritance that will endure forever. In times of disaster, we don't wither. In days of famine, we will still enjoy plenty. Come on, how many is thankful for the promises of God's word? He's saying, why are you worrying? I've got this. Redirect your energy. Put it into worship. How do you do that? Let your day be consumed with Jesus. Come on, are you with me? I want you to look at me. You gotta get this today. How do I redirect my energy, pastor? Let me tell you how. Because we've been there when we didn't know how the mortgage was gonna be paid. We've been there when you would buy a large pizza and eat one slice a day and warm it up day after day after day. You ever had four-day-old pizza? Ain't nothing good about it. You know what I'm saying? You can add whatever you want to onto it. It ain't no good. We've been there. So I'm not preaching out of a book. I'm preaching out of experience today but when you start turning that energy and quit going, God, I don't know how, and start, God, God, I know you are, and I don't know how you are, but I know you are, and I just wanna worship you, and you start every day by giving God the first fruit of your morning and giving God a time of praise and then coming into a time of prayer every day before you meet the world, spend some time with Jesus in prayer, and then throughout your day, those songs of praise just start popping up, don't they? I mean, you're in your office, you're in your car, and just a worship starts in your spirit and before you know it you're singing a song and you got the bebop going on at the red light and the guy next to you is giving you that look and you're going just save it bro I'm locked in with Jesus right now got some stuff going on you're just in that time and, and then you're, you're singing to him and, and you're calling him up like we said last week with those unexpected phone calls and just saying God I just want you to know I'm thinking about you today you're on my mind and I'm, what am I doing? I'm giving my life to worship. Then I'm looking for simple acts of kindness that I can do to help others throughout the day. And then I'm looking for every opportunity I can to share my faith. What is that? That's the day of redirecting my energy. Yes. I was on the plane. I got on the plane in Cincinnati to fly home yesterday morning or afternoon. And, 
and, and I get on the plane and we're all full almost and all of a sudden this whole row of young girls got on the plane and, and they're finding seats and then one of them sat right beside me. And she's 19 years old, a student at Virginia in the college there, and they were on a trip to Cincinnati. And, and we were talking, and she was like, you, you going home to Cincinnati said, or to Atlanta? And I said, no, I live in Pensacola. I pastor there. I was on a deer hunt, and all my family hunts. And I go, that's cool. And she goes, oh, you're a pastor? And I go, yeah, my, my church, they send me up there. They say I preach better if I hunt. And, uh, and uh, I don't know if that's true, but I use it. And uh, it's a good reason to go back. And... Uh, and so, but anyway, we get to talking and she goes, well, you know, I'm not really on that religious stuff. She didn't do it arrogantly. And I go, oh, it's on now. Oh, it is so on. We got an hour and a half right here. It is on. And we start talking and I said, then what's your argument? What's your argument for your case? She goes, what do you mean? I said, if you don't believe that God's real, then you have to have an argument to defend that. I said, I have, I have an argument to defend that he's real. I said, I'll give my argument if you'll give yours. And so I went through my argument, and I shared with her biblically to prove that Jesus is real. And then I went scientifically to prove that he's real in the resurrection and the carbon-14 data. And I went through the whole thing. And, and then I said, you know, let's talk about today. And we talked about Israel and how the Scripture has already prophesied what we're seeing taking place in Israel. I said, there's my argument. Now I'm ready for yours. I said, you can't have a belief without an argument. And I asked her a question. I said, who's praying for you right now? And she said, what do you mean? I said, somebody's praying for you right now. Who is it? I said, because what's the odds of you sitting next to a preacher on an airplane telling you what makes Jesus real? And she started crying. She said, my grandma. My grandma's been praying for me. She won't quit. She's trying to get me back in church. And I just kept telling her I didn't believe that no more. And I said, do you still believe that? And she said, no, sir. She said, I know he's real. And can I tell you, worship doesn't take place in here and end. Worship is all day long. And it's not all raising my hand. Sometimes it's opening my mouth. Sometimes it's doing a deed for somebody. Sometimes it's just giving God my energy and my time. Are you with me today? And God's saying, when you redirect your energy into worship, you're realigning with my divine order. Yeah. Worry takes its place and the blessings of God takes it. You with me today? Number two is you got to restore your identity. You got to restore your identity. So the first thing is redirect your energy into worship all day long through different patterns and different ways, just lifestyle. And then you restore your identity because he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And the word righteousness means God's right character or path. God's right way of doing things, to be free from guilt or sin. I put it like this, righteousness is the unconscious ability to just do what's right without thinking about it. There's a temptation there. I don't have to stand over here and go, well, let me pray about that. No, I know what's right or wrong. And if it's wrong, I don't do it because I have his righteousness within me and his righteousness can't go and coincide with that. Are you with me? And so he says, first, I want you to redirect your energy. But then he comes in, he says, I want you to come back and restore your personal identity in my kingdom. Who are you in my kingdom? I want you to know who you are because you can't receive the blessing and favor of God if you don't know who you are in him. And so he wants you to come and restore your identity. You see, now you come to the point that you're in God's family now. 
and you're going to search the scriptures, find God's values. You're going to determine that you're going to live your life according to them. You're no longer going to live your life by what your family says, by your culture or your friends, but you're going to find your identity in Christ and you're going to live it out to the fullest and quit letting other people's voices determine where you're going in the blessing and favor of God on your life. And you identify who you are in Christ today, that I'll no longer live life pressured by the outside, but I'm gonna live life from the inside out. That, that I'm not living by the worries, I'm not living by the things, I'm not living by the negativity, I'm not living by the stress, I'm not living from the outside in, but I'm gonna start living from the inside out. I'm gonna start walking out the blessing and the favor of God in my life. I don't know how my rent's gonna get paid, but I know this, I was young and, and I was old, but, or young and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken or seed out begging for bread. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And yeah, I got that doctor's report that I didn't wanna get, but he was wounded for my transgressions, bruised for for my iniquity, the chastisement of my peace was placed upon him. By his stripes, I am healed. That, that I start living from the inside out rather than the outside in. I'm not gonna live my life worrying about the things that I have no control over. I'm gonna start pouring my energy into the things that I have, an ability to change by the words I speak and the attitude that I possess and the way I think. Yes. Are you with me, Nod? And this is what Jesus is saying. You've you got to come back and understand, rebuild, refocus your identity, know who you are in Christ, living out the moral principles of God's word through worship. And when you do that, you now establish your true identity. I want you to hear this paragraph, so stay with me. You establish your true identity by making a one-time decision to follow the principles of God. And how many's done that? When you ask Jesus into your heart and your life, you're making a one-time decision. Jesus, I want to follow you the rest of my life. How many's thankful you've done that today? And so you, you establish your true identity by making that one-time decision to follow the principles of God. And then you manage that one decision for the rest of your life. You make one decision, but then you manage it. How many besides me along the way has had some slip-ups, some falls, some stumbling, some mistakes, some downright sin? Seven honest people in here. The rest of you got to sin a lion all over you today. We've all blown it, hadn't we? But you know what? That's part of managing it. We got financial planners in here. Every day is not a win. You got to manage the losses too to come back to the win. And we make one decision for Jesus and then we manage that decision the rest of our life. And we do that by redirecting our energy and we do that by coming back and realizing and identifying our identity in Christ. I'm a new person in Christ and my responsibility now is to focus on managing my new life. And how do we do that? We have a four-step process here at the church. The first one is to understand salvation. It's a gift from God. You can't earn it and there's nothing you can do to make it happen. It's all Jesus. And that's where you come to a place of just knowing God. He wants you to just know him in a very real way like that young lady on the plane. The 
The second one is that he wants to bring deliverance in your life. And that's where you find freedom. And we want you to know you're in a church where you can find freedom today, not judgment and condemnation or guilt. But you can come because we're all working out our salvation with fear and trembling. And he's going to give us the will and the power to do so, he said. And God wants you to come and begin to walk out your deliverance. And I love this church, man, as God's just transforming people's lives through the power of his grace and his word and drug addicts and alcoholics and all types of bondages that God is bringing people in struggling with and yet we're watching the word of God set people free and transform their lives by the power of the cross and and we're seeing God do that because there is true deliverance and you find that in small groups and we encourage you to connect with a small group in the church and let that happen and then he wants you to enjoy redemption and that's where you discover God's purpose in your life where you come and discover the purpose of God and God wants you to know you have a purpose in your life and we want to help you find that and you do that through growth track and then he wants you to make fulfillment and when you come into fulfillment that's where you're making a difference in other people's lives and and every Sunday there's around 120 or 30 people serving on these grounds every Sunday morning on our dream team that make these services go like they go and they're greeting you in the parking lot and they're meeting you at the door and they're ushering and helping in the building and they've got production going on in the back even when the tech's not working right they're doing their job back there i think they deserve a hand they they do it man and and they're awesome and then, then our Connect Center and the people that connect people in the back and the coffee team and, and the worship team that works so hard and a nursery that's taking care of our babies and, and a children's ministry in the back that's serving over 120 children 12 and under every Sunday. And then now our special needs ministry for special needs children. And can I tell you right now, we have over 25 special needs children coming here every Sunday now that the families have told us. And, and last Sunday, we had one family that fosters eight special needs children and another family that fosters six special needs children and and two of the little girls are blind and and they haven't been able to go to a church and enjoy a children's ministry they've just been sitting and they took them to the kids zone last Sunday and the mother talked to me on the phone and said I just want to do a hoorah I'm using hoorah I just want to do a praise for your children's workers you've got teenagers back there I walked them in and said my my children are fought they they're blind so just can you help and they went I know sign language we, you know, I mean, not, they were deaf. I said blind. They were deaf. And she, I got sign language down. And, and said, so we got this. And they took them over and they enjoyed the children's church. They can't wait to come back today. And, and I'm saying all of that, what is that? You're redirecting your energy and you're refocusing on your identity, finding out why and how God made you and you're serving people with it. So when you serve here on Sunday, you're not doing that for me. If you are, you're doing it for the wrong reason. You're doing it because you want to give God glory. You're redirecting your energy. You're pouring your life into serving God and serving other people with the gifts that God has placed within you. And I challenge you, we want to see every person in this church connect on the dream team. Sit in one service and do nothing but receive. Don't do a thing. Don't do one thing, but just give God praise and receive the word. And then come another service and just serve. And and serve in the parking lot. Serve on the team. And we're not desperate for servers today. I just want everybody in 
involved because that's how you find your identity is started in the house of God. We've got brand new ushers today, people serving for the first time today on our dream team as they're connecting with their purpose. Back there with 25 special needs children, what an impact we can make on children's lives. In the kids' zone with 120 children, what an impact you have an opportunity. What God is saying is, Find out the gift that I put within you and start using it to impact other people's lives. Find out who you are. Make a difference. It works. You see, you're not in and out, in and out. Your your, your decisions aren't based on circumstances. They're not based on what's going on on the outside. That's where many of us fail. I I make decisions by need. Nod. I make decisions by what's going on right now instead of what the Word's already said in my life. I had that opportunity. I was, uh, we were in Cincinnati, Ohio, working as assistant pastor of a church in northern Kentucky, and one of the men in the church is a friend of ours. He owned like 12 businesses, multi, multi-millionaire, and he had four tickets to the Reds, season tickets to the Reds, Cincinnati Reds, which was my team at that time, the Red Machine, I played ball for 14 years, two years of what was called big league ball, and baseball is my passion. And this guy gives me four season tickets, two rows behind home plate where the players' wives sat. Wow. Oh, yeah. It's on. And then he shows up, and he hands me four tickets to the all-star game, two rows behind home's plate. And I just committed to drive the church bus for the vacation Bible school to bring the inner kitty Sid's kids to the vacation Bible school. Four tickets, two rows behind home plate, all-star game, all the main players there are drive a bunch of screaming kids from the inner city to vacation Bible school. But there wasn't a decision to make because the decision had already been made because it was made from the inside out not from the outside in. You with me? And I gave those four tickets worth over $3,000 away and drove those kids to that vacation Bible school that night. But every time Kathy and I, we've been to Hawaii twice, paid for. We've been to Jamaica, paid for. Matter of fact, a friend of ours owns a mansion on Jamaica, right on the Caribbean, four bedroom, cooks, drivers, and we have free access to it anytime we want to go to Jamaica. And every time we get blessed to a place, God reminds me of that story. That that day I sowed a seed. That opened up. It lined me back up. It kept me in line with the divine favor of God. And we get to watch. We can go anywhere in the world today and stay seven nights for around $250 in a gold crown resort that God's blessed us with. I'm telling you, when you line up and you make decisions from the inside out that worships God, that honors him, it, it lines you up for unbelievable favor and blessing of God on your life. I was in a tree stand this week and got a text, and it kept buzzing and buzzing and buzzing, and it was from New York City, and, and they were texting me, and, they, and the number two, considered the number two bishop in New York City has asked us to fly up to New York City Friday and preach at a big service there Friday night. And then Saturday, I'm spending eight hours with these bishops that they're bringing in these people in a room and leaders in New York City to teach on building a multicultural church in a racial divided nation. Yeah, from this. 
And, and they're saying, come up to New York and help us, and, and we're going to be flying up there. And then we got a phone call from this little ministry in San Antonio by a guy named John Hagee. Yeah. Anybody ever know that little guy, that little ministry? Yeah. He he's felt that God wants him to meet with eight pastors and pour his life into them for one day on October the 2nd or November the 2nd. And my wife and I have been invited to be one of those eight pastors to sit all day with John Hagee and him pour his life into us all day and then take us out to eat on Tuesday night. What an honor is that. I'm telling you, I'm not saying it for me, I'm saying when you put yourself in divine order, unexpected blessings that you could never make happen yourself, you could never call, you could never make it happen, all of a sudden come upon your life. You gotta get things back in proper order. Then number three, rejoice in your freedom. I want you to rejoice. When you redirect your energy and you come back and refocus and, and find your identity again in God. Why, why, how did God make you? What are your gifts? What are you supposed to be doing? How do I worship God with the things he's put within me and the passions that I have? And all of a sudden, you're gonna come, you're gonna experience the freedom that God wants you to have. And Jesus said, and all these things, what things? The things that you are struggling and worrying so much about. God said, I'm gonna add them to you. I'm gonna make them happen for you. And God wants you to know today that he wants you to enjoy a life. It's not exempt from trouble. How many knows that? Blessing's not exempt from trouble. There's still gonna be battles. There's still gonna be conflicts. There's gonna be times that you could worry if that's the way you wanna go or you can trust God in the middle of it and live from the inside out, not the outside in and watch God work miracles on your behalf. And he said, all these things, God says, now that you have everything in right order, I want you to enjoy life to the fullest. When God is first, you can now have all these things, but now you own them, they don't own you. You're not distracted or tempted by them because they are not the priority in your life. Jesus is. Jesus is. And he wants you to come today and realize in Ephesians 3.20, now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power that works within us. Exceeding abundantly. And we celebrated last week, two weeks ago, 35 years of ministry. And my wife and I could stand here and tell you thousands literally of stories of God's divine favor and God's divine blessing that has shown in our life, unexpected and undeserved. And it hadn't been all easy. It's been a lot of pain along that journey. But I can tell you the good so far outweighs the struggle. As God's blessing and favor has been so evident upon our life today. And God wants you to walk out freedom. I'm not, I'm not denouncing your struggle today. I'm not making light of your conflict today. I'm not saying what you're going through, ignore it and act like it's not happening. I'm not saying that at all. God just wants you to redirect your energy in it. And quit letting it on you and you take ownership over it. Worship God in the midst of it. Give God what's rightfully His. Identify who you are in Christ today and begin to walk that person out. Live from the inside out, not the outside in. And God says, I have a freedom I want you to experience today that's amazing. I want you to walk in that freedom today. I want you to enjoy life. I want you to have the best. I want you to live the fullest. I want you to impact people's lives. I want you to touch others with the hope of Jesus. How many knows you can't help somebody else's bill if you can't pay yours? God said, I, I, want, to, I want to bless you. I want you blessed. 
But you got it backwards. You're living from the outside in instead of the inside out. And worry's consuming you. But today I want you to turn your pray, your peril into praise. And let's make your worry turn to worship. In Jesus' name. How many receive God's word today? Amen. Bow your heads with me. Father, I pray over every person here today and I pray over the people, God, that, and, and I, I really want some of you to grab this word today because you're in a peril. There, there's a peril. There's a, there's a place that you feel like I, I may lose my house. I may lose my car. I, I lost my job or this happened or I don't know how we're going to pay the bills. I, I, I got this doctor's report and I don't know what to do, Pastor. I don't know what to do. Worry's consuming me. Or I, I got this situation and I don't know how to overcome it. Just worry. And this relationship, my marriage, worries just eat me like a cancer. God's got a message for you today. He wants you to lay aside that worry, that peril. And he wants you to come into a place of worship today and let God take care of what you can't. You start living from the inside out and let God take care of you from the outside in. In Jesus' name. And if you'll do this to God so he'll know, yep, they got it. If this message is for you right now and you say, that's me today, Pastor, but I'm hearing a simple word from God today, but I'm gonna walk it out today and I'm gonna watch God change some things. Would you slip a hand to heaven right now and just say, God, you know, you know, but I, I'm not gonna let this thing on me anymore. I'm taking ownership. I'm going to hand it to you. You told me to cast my care upon you because you care for me. I'm going to do that today in Jesus' name. Father, I pray over every person that raised a hand in here today. I pray for the peace of God that passes our understanding that your word says will crush Satan under our feet. I declare freedom today in the hearts and minds and emotions of your people that worry and stress and peril and conflict and confusion and fear will no longer consume or control our minds. Our hearts will be clean and open, God, as we celebrate who you are inside of us today. And God, I speak right now against the spirit of worry, against the spirit of fear. And God, I pray today, let there be a release today of the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. And I pray, let the peace of God fill the hearts and minds of your people. In Jesus' name. And we declare breakthrough. We declare supernatural breakthrough. We declare favor and blessing in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, every head's bowed and every eye's closed. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Dan, I'm here today, but I'm not a Christian right now, and I want to be. I want you to pray for me. Today, I'm like that girl on the plane. I know that he's real, and I just need to make a commitment to him today. Pray for me, Pastor. If that's you, I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to come to you. I just want to pray for you. If that's you right now, would you just slip a hand up wherever you sit and say, I need Jesus in my life today, Pastor. God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. Anyone else? I need Jesus today, Pastor. Pray for me. If you raise your hand or you did not or you're online and you need to make a decision with Jesus today, pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Jesus, I come to you now. You said in your word, if I would come to you, confess with my mouth that you are Lord. Believe in my heart that you raised from the dead. I can be saved. So right now, I come to you. I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. I believe in my heart that you raised from the dead. And I receive you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, according to your word. 
I'm saved. I'm a new person in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we give a hand clap to these that have prayed today?